what we write lives for lives forever whatever that you're writing or maybe whatever that somebody has written it lasts forever hello welcome to iwi in our final episode of the season i share a conversation i had at lead first harare with makomborero now and Cynthia Mapando, also known as Blackbird Zimbabwe. This year, Litfa celebrated 10 years of pushing literature and art in Zimbabwe under the theme, Words Remember. They also took the time to celebrate new voices, two new books by young poets, Outspoken Random Thoughts by Marco, and I Need Saving by Blackbird Zimbabwe. We talk about poetry, writing young, and the future of the industry. Let's get into the conversation. How does it feel to be celebrating 10 years of Litfest? <laughs> it feels great, right? Um, I'm glad that um, as we celebrate um, 10 years of Litfest, we get an opportunity to also celebrate new books. Uh, you know, poetry is a very fundamental part of our lives, a uh, fundamental part of our history as not only Zimbabweans, but um, as Africans. So I'm joined by Marco and Cynthia, who've had um, the opportunity to publish. Uh, Marco has uh, just published her second book this year, and Cynthia has just uh, published her debut collection. Let's get into it. Um, How did you find poetry, or how did poetry find you? Dating back, I think I found poetry my first year in high school when I used to write for my school sister some (coughs) poems. She used to like poems. She she would go to the library and get poetry books, give me, and I read. So I'd write poetry for her. And I also started entering competitions. Of course, for my first tries, I failed. But then I won this other poetry competition, DD4P, Daughters Destined for Purpose. And I found myself a mentor. Her name was Mrs. Forbes. She used to tell me how to write poetry. And that's when I fell in love with poetry. I would express myself with poetry. That's quite interesting. I think most of uh, the people who are creatives find themselves at a very young age. And um, it's, it's, it's very good that you've managed to publish two books. Cynthia, I know you are not only a published um, poet, but you're also a spoken word artist. So how, how did you find poetry or how did it find you? All right, thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Hi. How are we all doing? All right. Uh, so I first started poetry just like what Marco said, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a season in our lives where we discover ourselves in high school. Yeah. But then I would skip that part because it wasn't that much real back in high school. Just when I finished high school, that was 2019, I was, I was at home now. And a uh, funny fact is I'm not really ashamed of telling people that I discovered myself it's a deeper uh, part of my life, you know, like when depression is hitting you, that's when you discover yourself. 
when when life is hitting you left, right, and center, that's when you discover who you are. Because at the end of the day, it's about you getting up from every trauma in life. So me, I discovered that I could write when I was writing poems that as that that we said, you know, so said that I couldn't even explain myself in in the in the piece or in in the poem um, until it became something that I that was within me when I started performing my words to the people. I didn't even know it was spoken word. Just thought maybe I'm, I'm speaking my words that I'd written until you get to mix and mingle with people in the industry and you start realizing also oh, when you're speaking your words out, it's spoken word. When you're just writing, it's page poetry. You know, so I discovered myself, oh, I'm a page poet and also I'm a spoken word. I'm really good at this. So at the end of the day, I feel like it's about passion, it's about probably uh, our talents that are hidden inside. Yeah, and the the rest is we get to talk about it as well. I thought you were going to say the rest is history, <laughs> but um, looking at the phrase or the theme, words remember. What does that mean to you? What does that spark in you? For me, I think it's the stain or the mark that lasts forever that we live in with our work. What we write lives for lives forever. Isn't it a tough question? <laughs> but well, I, I think um, from the words, words remember, right? I feel as if, if we dig deep into trying to understand that, would probably speak more of, I'll take for instance, myself uh, being told whatever that you're writing, or maybe whatever that somebody has written, it lasts forever. Right. Before we even talk uh, of something that is written back, we are speaking of something that is going to be lasting forever. To an extent that if I get into 2025 and I've written these words, people are always going to say, do you remember those words you have written? Because they are lasting forever to the future. Marco, um, Outspoken Random Thoughts is your second uh, book after Profuse Thoughts. I see you have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Feelings, okay. So uh, I'd just like us to get into your second collection and you can tell us what it is about and what inspired you to write this uh, second um, collection of poems. So Outspoken Random Thoughts is based on my opinions. <laughs> okay. I wrote this book during my O-level break. I just had thoughts popping. I couldn't stop them, so I extended the thoughts. And in this book, there are poems based on contemporary issues, Christian fever, which I call um, the section that I kind of like talk to God. And there's humor. Those are the four main themes in the book. I don't really know what inspired me <laughs> because I naturally write. Sometimes I even try to stop it, but that's me. So I had a whole lot of poems now. And of course, I decided to share my work. I share my work for the purpose of relatability because I've once heard about, a, I've once come across a quote that says, 
a good book makes the reader feel. So mainly that's the reason why I write. Perhaps you could show the people a copy of your book. That's um, Outspoken Random Thoughts by Marco. Cynthia, I, I, I mentioned earlier that you, you perhaps started off as a spoken word artist, evolving into a page poet. I've encountered your spoken word where you deal with um, social consci consciousness issues. So is it the same with this book? Because I haven't had uh, an opportunity to read it. I know it's just been recently uh, published. So can you let us into I Need Saving, starting from the title? <laughs> you know, funny story is I, I had um, so many problems with my editor when it, when it came to this title, I Need Saving. I was like, why are you calling your book I Need Saving? And I'm like, I want to dance I, I, you see. So when I started poetry, I, I, I wanted to dig deep into what people feel. Because uh, I feel as if much of my leadership skills come from how I feel. I want to relate to someone through emotions. It's not just about saying, ah, you're doing drugs and that's it. No, I want to know why you're doing drugs. What led you into drugs? And what is it that you're feeling, you know? Why, why, the why part? So I need saving now is coming in as um, an emotional cry for someone who is into, in, in different traumas of, of, um, of probably life situations, right? And someone who is like, for, I, I always love to put an example like this, like you are suffocating in the middle of the streets and no one seems to be paying attention. See, everyone is there, you're in the middle, you're suffocating, but people aren't even paying attention to you. So you're like crying for help, crying for rescue. I'm like, I need serving, guys. I know I see you there, but you can't see me here. I need serving. So it touches uh, on gender-based violence, it touches on uh, depression, on anxiety, anything that has to do with pain, it touches on it. But at the same time, giving hope to someone who is uh, probably was first in, in a depressed situation. You're like, yeah, I am in depression, but I know I can get out. I am in depression, I first did this, but how did I, you know, get out of it? So that's what I Need Saving is all about. So it's just um, a matter of crying to the world, it's crying to the world. You know, when I, I released my book, I just wrote my book alone, right? I wrote my book alone. Uh, my parents or my relatives, they didn't even know about the book. So when I released it and I, I, I went with it home, I was like, I released my book. And my dad, he, he, he saw the book and he read the book. He read the title and was like, I need saving. Why are you crying? You see, <laughs> so why are you crying? So that was the whole point of like, there are some things I can't really tell you that I'm suffering from, but I can only write. These are the powerful words. It's powerful and um, inspirational that both of you are taking up space to, you know, to 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 make sure that your voices are heard, lending your voices to topical issues, issues that affect us. And I am glad that you mentioned how you published your book and no one knew what was happening because I was going to get to the point that 
uh, publishing any form of creative work is a vulnerable um, process. And uh, sometimes, often, we want to, to hold back. And so much has been said. There are mixed sentiments towards the, the, the state of the publishing industry in Zimbabwe at the moment. How was the publishing process for you? How did you find it? So the second one was OK. For the first one, I kind of I kind of went through how um, I hadn't done any research on publishing houses. I just found a random advert, <laughs> and I went for that. I paid my money. There was a contract. So then, after paying the full money, and the book was published, all sort. Then came the problem. The, the publisher didn't go according to what we had agreed. He was selling the book behind my back to international people. It was really tough. But um, during my newspaper interview with Fungai Soaks, I was now writing my second book. He then asked me that, ah, I think you work on the way. Do you have something on the way I would like to assist? And I was like, Oh, yes, I do have. So then he sponsored the publication of my second book. But we had terms um, that you would just publish. Then I'll see when it comes to um, printing more copies, ETC, whatever that comes after all that. So for my second book, it was all good. I didn't have any disadvantages. Do we have a mentorship problem in our industry? I don't know. All right. So for me, uh, I feel like beginnings are always messy. You know, like what Marco said, your first book was really messy. And uh, that's what happened with this one at some point. You know, I, I got to launch my book. I didn't see my book pass up all the way until the day I was launching my book. It was that bad. So I, I saw my book and I'm like, okay, this is my book. I need to launch it. And the book came late. You know, I looked at my book and the first thing that I looked for was the ISBN number and it wasn't there. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> you see, I'm like, what is this? How come my book doesn't have ISBN number? And the guy started talking otherwise, you know, I'm like, so how am I going to launch this? How am I going to sell it to the people if it doesn't have ISBN? So the second batch, I had to, to give it back so that you can put this. Though I had already sold, um, I think, four copies. So I'm yet to, like, you know, go back to the people I sold to and, like, uh, give them this one with ISBN and then take the ones which don't have. So I feel as if uh, it's, 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 a, it's a tough one when you are trying to publish a book. What I can, I can say is to somebody who is probably in a journey of publishing a book is have full information of what is going on. Like what Marco said is you can get your book to be sold somewhere else without you even knowing. You know? So you need to have like proper knowledge, meet the right people to tell you what is going on, what happens in the, in the book industry. Because we had just spoken with artists and I tried my, I tried, let me just try out, you know, writing a book and then all went well, right? But there's like so many things that I need to know when it comes to another industry that is, um, that is um, what I'm tapping myself into, right? What is it that you need to know about books, publishing process and all of that? My book, I, 
this gave me so much. I was like, is this title attacking me? I need saving the day of my launch, you see. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that um, you need to meet the right people. But I'll throw this to the, to the audience. Maybe we can uh, discuss it uh, in the Q&A. Where do we meet the right people? Where do we find these right people? Who are the right people? I think we need to have that conversation. But I'm going to take this moment to ask both of you to uh, read something from your uh, collections before we move on with the discussion. Okay, so this is one of my favorite. It's very short because I'm a verse poet, so I just write short and precise, yeah. It's uh, titled Buried in Grief. Shall my flesh be fed to the vultures? Same beds I reached the skies with, now feeding on my end. If I don't survive, let the whole world grieve. Fallen angel has fallen and dies a heroine. I shall live to be remembered. <laughs> I'm also reading my shortest. <laughs> it's titled Dream, the movie that plays in my head, which I'm mainly the main actor during my sleep. May it not vanish like dust. Hmm. Can you read that again? <laughs> the movie that plays in my head, which I'm the main, which I'm mainly the main actor during my sleep. May it not vanish like dust. How has your work? Uh, been received? Not to lie, it has been received well. I've had a lot of people support me and I appreciate that. Like I, uh, I've said it before, like I had a book launch for the second book and I had a lot of people that I do not know coming to buy the book, supporting and with that support I really appreciate through donating some of my books to some of the children's homes, like I did on my launch day. So I'm happy with the turnout. Cynthia, I know you're just uh, starting off. Marco is on her second collection, but uh, let me know how so far your work has been received. All right, so for me, I feel as if people are, um, they are following up on the words, you know, despite the fact that my first book launch was the turn out was a bit low, but people are after their words. It's like when you post a short poem and like, guys, this one is in my book. People are snapping to it and people are re re relating to what you are talking about. And a lot of people are really finding inspiration and comfort. And that is what is important to me because the moment that I, I wrote these words, I was hoping that someone could just get out of wherever they are in, the black box that they are in. And when somebody's reading my words, they are relating like, okay, 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 I was once in this in this situation. Thank you so much, you're really an inspiration. And I feel like for me, it's a victory. It's a victory before we even tap into how many people are buying and how many people are going to buy. Them relating to my words is really enough for me. That's good. We need more support. And thank you guys for supporting uh, these young poets. Um, has the fact that you are young and women affected anything in your journey, your creative journey? 
especially in the publication and distribution uh, of these books. Yeah, at some point, I've once had this one customer. <laughs> I've had this one customer from Facebook. He was a guy. He's actually a writer. I didn't know, but I know. I now know he's a writer. So it's like I want. I I, I want a book. And most of the times, I'm always with my mom or my aunt. I walk around with them, and then I tell them we can meet by the shops Eastly. Then he comes. He's like, I'm in a car. My number plate. You can come in. I'm like, no. <laughs> you can come at the shops and meet me there. Then he comes. He sees that I'm with my mom. So then he he just he just talks and then leaves without buying the book. So it means that his purpose was not to buy the book. <laughs> and also this other time there was someone who was like, I'm coming to your book launch. Um, I'm a journalist. I want to take um, minutes there. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. He came and then he did nothing. After that, he's now speaking at the staff out of what he said he would do. So those are the challenges that we meet. Uh, for me, those, those two so far, um, not any other challenges apart from those. We are not safe. <laughs> well, I, I feel as if, um, for me, I haven't so far had any challenges regarding the probably the opposite gender since I'm a woman and I'm a young girl and all of that. But speaking on behalf of every everyone else, like Marco, who has gone through stuff like those, yeah, uh, I feel as if we are we are living in a world that is turned uh, upside down, and you literally need to be alert and be vigilant. You know, it's not everyone who who has bad thoughts or bad intentions over intentions over what you are doing or probably who you are but you have to be vigilant for those people you know the other side of those people so it's it's more like if you as a young girl if you find yourself all right i didn't even have this in my notes but anyways, <laughs> if you find yourself uh, in a position like that, Marco did a great thing, right? She, had she been somebody else, she would have gone inside the car, you know? But one thing that I loved about her is she had boundaries. It wasn't about money only, you know, saying someone is buying my book, so I need to get into the car. She had boundaries, you see? She stated something that, no, this is my limit, this is my boundary. If you can't meet me here, then you better go. You see, this is what you need to have, even as a young, as a youngster. Like, set boundaries for yourself. Don't ever let anyone cross the line that you have, you have circled, you know, around you. There's a line that is there. But if you don't have that line, definitely you go into the car. And who knows? You see. So it's all about who you are, your boundaries. You gain respect. You definitely gain respect. I think there's been so much talk about what the young writers should do. I'll take this opportunity to reprimand customers. 
who purports to be customers and have other ideas in their heads. Because I think honestly, it's not fair that you have to always be on your guard. Uh, you are creative, you're trying to sell your work, and now you have all these other things that you should um, be guarding against. It's unfortunate that um, that's the state uh, in which uh, our nation is. I think all over the world, you find that women, young writers, young creators, always find themselves having to go beyond 100% um, and at a 50% for their security. So um, I'm just going to, since you're a spoken word artist, I'm going to ask you to let us into the poetry life of Ferrari. Uh, what's the state of like our, our live events and stuff? Because I know you've been hosting uh, poetry uh, events. The events industry, that's like another industry now. Oof. <laughs> but it, one thing that the events industry is, is exciting. You get to meet people. Now, your question, where do we meet people? You meet people at events. It's really amazing that you can host somewhere, some, something, right? And uh, creatives come to your event. You know, and you get to interact. Before I leave here, I want to know what each and every one of us do, you know, so that I can know where to go to when I need a particular thing. This is how we get to interact with people. But the industry of poetry is really, um, I feel as if what we are lacking is youngsters. We are really learning from lead first, you know. We grew. From the, I, I personally, personally grew from this particular uh, initiative because this is where I started performing one of my poems, which I failed, yeah, but I, I, I didn't go back. I had to take two steps forward, you know. I grew from lead first and uh, it made me to like go outside the box and um, plan my own events, host my own events. But I feel as if what we are really struggling against in the events industry is youngsters who are doing events, or at least who are starting you know, to do events, is we are lacking unity. This is what we are seeing. And if we keep on going on like this, there won't be any industry in my events, especially in poetry. There won't be. It's, it's more like an infection that is spreading. To every youngster who is hosting events nowadays, you ask them, people have uh, groups, if I am to put it like that. People have certain groups, you know, like I'm not gonna go to Black Bears, but I'm gonna go to Marcos, you see. There's like an infection that is just there. I don't know how it started, but where it's gonna end, if we don't, if we don't say to this, there won't be anything. Everyone met at Lead First. I remember my first Lead First uh, event when I came. I met the people that are now doing events right now who are just like me. We met at Lead First. And this was a uniting point. But now people are like having branches. I don't know if people are feeling as if they've reached it already. But, well, it is what it is. And I feel like it's a very huge challenge if we don't say to this, there's going to be a very huge problem in the future. Yes, I, I have to say this. Um, Cynthia goes by the name of Blackbird Zimbabwe. I had forgotten to mention <laughs> that, <laughs> which is actually her preferred name. 
Um, Zimbabwe has a deep and rich history of poetry. Like we exist in poetry every day, like listen to our music, our language, our dance as even poetry in itself. And um, I think we need to appreciate it more and to keep poetry alive, you know, uh, we've come so far, if you trace the history of Zimbabwean uh, poets, you'll see that um, poetry allows you to know the changing seasons of a nation, the changing seasons of a people. And let's keep poetry alive because it's a key component to our existence. Just to round up before we go into the Q&A, I'm going to ask you to let the people know where they can find your work. All right, for me, uh, my book hasn't been anywhere in bookstores, but I'm hoping starting from probably Monday, uh, it will be in bookstores. I'll definitely let you know. But if you really want to uh, have a piece of my work, you can go on my Facebook page at Cynthia Mapando or my page. Oh, that was that's my account, and my page is Blackbeard Zimbabwe. That way, I can literally communicate with you more. So my books are sold um, Innovate Bookshop, the one along George Slondika. Oh, for those clients, <laughs> the genuine ones, that were deliveries, yeah, we do around the CBD. And my first book is available on Amazon. You can also get in touch with me on my social media handles as Malcombero now throughout LinkedIn, X, Facebook. And there you have it. Just like that, our first season is over and I'm filled with my joy and gratitude. Thank you to the amazing creators who shared their journeys with us. We learned from each other and I've learned a lot from Yves Vanda, Nomsam Lambo, Brain Garusa, Audrey Chirenje, Kudakwashe Manjonjo, Titino Msangwenya, Bill Masuko, Faith Mudiwach Pangora, Nyasha Jeche, Makomborero Nao, and Blackbird Zimbabwe. Thank you, listener, for taking the time to join our conversations and engaging with us online. Until the next season, do read something.